Hello, friends. This week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you're looking for beautiful Catholic home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, or other Catholic gifts, look no further than House of Joppa. Each product is curated from artisans throughout the world and is designed to uplift your spirit and share the beauty of our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. If you're looking for something for yourself or a special gift for a friend, head over to their website that you can find in the show notes. My favorite products are their vintage Sacred Heart Medallion, Mini Mary Garden, and Joyful Mystery-themed rosary. Abiding Together listeners receive 15% off their purchase at checkout with the discount code ABIDE15. That's one word, ABIDE15. Check out the link to their website in the show notes or head over to www.houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. We hope you enjoy this episode. God bless you. Welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abidings Together podcast. And we are, it's surprising, we're coming to the end of our season here. Oh my gosh, we've been charting out all the episodes we want to do. And so this is our second to the last episode, which is hard to believe because it's still May. But Michelle, are you ready for the summer? That's really what's going to happen. The, the, our series is going to end and it's going to be summer. So like, what are we going to do about that? <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast unless we talked about the weather. If it gets any more humid around here. Oh yes, of course we have to because we're old. We're those we are, people. We're those mm-hmm. people. If it gets mm-hmm. any more humid mm-hmm. around here, I'm going to die. <laughs> well, it's like the Come humid- to Corpus Christi. Oh my gosh. It'll get more humid. Oh. And you've only just begun. Really. We only have I just know. begun. And so we are. Just begun. Oh, sing it, girl. Sing it. (laughs) Exactly. I want to punch myself in the face. (laughs) I know. When you go out and it's 6 a.m. and you're like, ooh, the sweat. Like, hello, Gulf Coast. Hello. So, but that part. But yeah, I'm ready for slow rhythms. We have had a very active May confirmation, wedding, or upon us at graduation. So, like, yeah, I'm ready for the slowness of summer. But because Mm. of COVID, our kids are not having that long of a summer break, like two months. So mm. it'll come and go quickly. So yeah. How are you, Heather? Well, we are still in the seemingly never ending lockdown up here in Girl, Canada. We miss so you. I come know. To, come yeah, home to America. It's crazy right now. It's crazy. We just can't have people in our house. Haven't been to mass in person since November. That's so, that's so crazy. It's wild. Like no indoor dining. Like it's just really, Dumb. I can't even tell you. You know, there's so many blessings, it's true. But at the end of the day, I just miss my friends, you know? Like I mm-hmm. miss like just being with people, connection and all of that. So yeah, it's it's not easy up here, but I'm so grateful for the change in the weather, so grateful for the trees. And I got my first cherry blossom in my front yard. Yay. And so just seeing you the little blossoms. You sent us that picture, it's gorgeous. Yeah, just the little blossoms blowing in the wind. It's always so magical. So, you know, just trying to soak up all the good things. That's... 
That's where we're at. How about you, sister? Mm-hmm. How are you? And your swimming pool is about ready to go. Is that oh, true? No, sister, it's not. Um, oh my bad. Another issue. Yeah, they're sorry. having to recoat okay, the that. whole thing just because of issues. You know, it, that also is a never-ending song. <laughs> so I just your hoping. pool is like a metaphor for Canada. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also a metaphor for my you know inner healing work. Um, <laughs> never-ending. <laughs> So, yes. Anyways, we just keep our eyes fixed okay. on Jesus. Okay, yes. All right, yes. Not not the unicorn floating, then the not, not floating in the pool. Not yeah, floating. Not, yeah, nobody's not. floating right no, now. No. But how are you, my dear friend? <laughs> <laughs> on to other things. How are you? Oh, I'm good. We were just chatting before this. I got a really beautiful, I uh, had the beautiful opportunity being in Omaha, Nebraska at St. Gerald's Parish where um, mm. Bob Bart and I gave the healing the whole person. And we also did a, day, Bob and I did a reflection day for priest. And that was just, I just want to give a shout out to the people of Omaha. Can we just talk about Omaha for a mm. second? Y'all are awesome. And then everybody that came, people came from Rhode Island, California, North Dakota. Wow. I mean, over half the crowd was from outside of Omaha. And so it just was a That's lovely, awesome. I, I just felt so honored to be there and just to just encounter the Lord with everybody there. So that was a huge grace. Yeah. That's awesome. A huge grace. So that's always a gift. And I think people, you know, like everybody's socially distanced and we're all wearing masks, but it's like, you know, here we are a year later and people are just still just happy to be together. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, doesn't, it just is a constant reminder of our desire for communion that, you know, is eternal. Right. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so speaking of which dear friends, uh, we are going to talk about personal revival as we head into summer and we head into, you know, whatever season the Lord has us next in the season of summer, we're going to talk about personal revival. And because this is Michelle's love language, personal revival, I would love to invite her <laughs> to kind of lead us on this discussion and bring Break open the podcast topic for us. I'd love to hear from you here, Brent. Oh, thank you. Well, I have many love languages, like I have many one things, but personal revival is definitely one of them. And when we really pray about each topic and what we can go into, and like with every topic that we pick and we feel like the Holy Spirit is highlighting for us to discuss, like we could expand on it for hours and hours and hours, but... Our conversations are just supposed to be a glimpse for you all to have deeper conversations where you are at Mm -hmm. or to journal and personally or wherever. So just talking about the whole idea of personal revival and what we have been through as a world with COVID, where we are as a church, where we are as a culture, and what does it look like? And I had a friend visiting us here a couple of weeks ago, and she asked me, how many people do you know that live resurrection well, like really live it, like really living in the power of the risen Christ? And I was thinking to myself, we could only name like a handful. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Is there something that is different? Like if we are Christ followers and we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and we've talked about the Holy Spirit in previous podcasts, but if we have the power within us that rose Jesus from the dead, like it tells us in scriptures, how do our lives look differently? Are we living within the power of the Holy Spirit? And what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So it was even, I love looking at like revival history, like where big moves of the Holy Spirit had come in past places. And there's like a couple of components to, to bring like big moves of God. For us, you know, they have like the charismatic one, Duquesne University, but also one of the biggest conversions, Our Lady of Guadalupe is mm-hmm. the mass conversion in the North America. So like, what is it that makes these elements of revival come alive? But really praying as the church is about to enter into the Feast of Pentecost, where do we need personal revival? Mm. Where do we need to really repent to bring revival? And what is in us that needs to be reawakened? Because to have to revival, something needs to be dead. Like something has to be dead or asleep and needs to be literally revived. 
And, and then I go back to the language of the garden, you know, how man came to be. Well, it's ruha, it's breath. Mm. The father breathes into man and that is how he came into existence. So really our discussion is today is like, where are the areas of us, the three of us need personal revival, but where do we all need it personally? Mm-hmm. Because we cannot have it within a church, like we've said a lot of times, unless it's with us personally, each and every one of us, our own personal call to holiness. And where are the areas that we have blocked the Holy Spirit in our own lives? Yeah. So we will just start there. Heather, what are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, it was just making me think about this conversation that I had uh, with someone a couple of weeks ago. They came over and they were just sharing. And our whole conversation was basically on this scripture passage from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, where it says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek mm. my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I've just been thinking about that scripture a lot about what you were talking about, Michelle, this this humility and repentance, like coming before God with an absolute surrender before him, that that great things happen when that's our disposition. You know, when there's a disposition of receptivity and docility and humility, I mean, that's our lady, just those three things all in one person and look what happened in her life. And I think when we do that, when we're able to really, really do that and humble ourselves, our own agendas, to lay it all down at the feet of Jesus, our pride, the ways that we think we're getting it right and everybody else is getting it wrong, that God can do powerful things. And so I've been personally reflecting on that for myself. Like, what are the ways that I need to humble myself before God and sincerely pray? Because I need him to heal my land within my own heart, like mm-hmm. the heart, the land of my heart. I need him to heal the land within my home, the land that I actually live on, you know, the, mm-hmm. in, within mm-hmm. my community, with it, you know, just like the ripple that goes out from there, but it has to begin within. I think on the other hand, there's a tragedy when it stays there of just mm-hmm. always being within and self-focused. There has to be this disposition where we're honest with ourselves, but that it's always in this like outpouring and receptivity happening simultaneously. And so, yeah, sister, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And amen. And I was thinking of just when we talk about revival and, uh, I, I yeah, the, in, in the soul and in the church and in the world and what what it takes. And I was just thinking of, um, I love the show. I love that show on HGTV called Hometown. Have y'all seen that with yeah, the husband and wife? That, I, I, I mean, everybody's all about Chip and Joanna Gaines, but I love, um, what is it, Aaron? I forget his They're name. They're super cute. They're so <laughs> fun. And I just, I like their, who they are. And I, I love that he's a woodworker. It just, mm-hmm. he always makes a custom piece for each home. And I just watched, he'll go to a, he'll go to somebody's backyard and take this old lumber and he has a woodworking shop and he puts the, he puts the old wood and I, I'm probably, everybody who does woodworking is going to cringe right now, but they put, he puts the lumber through like a planer, like an automatic planer that j- like sands away the layers. And so it reshapes the wood so you can work with it. And I was just thinking of that, of how the ne- what's necessary for revival is a replaning of our hearts, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the replaning of you know, like we talk about so often on our podcast about pruning. It is where, you know, you talk about the homeostasis of an environment, how things don't grow unless an outside force or an interior force changes the environment. And so it's easy for us to become stagnant. And, you know, stagnant pools attract mosquitoes (laughs) versus like rivers of living water attract salmon and trout and things like that. And so, yeah, that reality of 
of revival, which is a continual process that breaks forth, like you're saying, Michelle, I know you're a big fan of Brownsville, just like different places or Toronto or the places where the, I mean, in the upper room, like we're all big fans of that, you know, where the Holy Spirit comes in and, and marks and changes and transforms. And so what, yes, what are the conditions for growth that are needed in my soul so my soul can be replaned so that old wood can be cut away or the branches can be trimmed or the soil can be dug, uh, you know, uprooted and put some manure up and whatever needs to happen in there, you know, so something new can grow because if we're not in a constant state of growth and it's not like a frenetic pace of like, oh my gosh, like an introspection scratching at ourselves, but if we're not at a constant state of allowing the rain of God's love to come and transform us, then we're going to become stagnant. And, I, and all of us, like you said very well, Heather, all of us have parts of our hearts that are stagnant. Mm -hmm. that have some mosquitoes. And so, you know, what is, instead of being life, you know, it's life taking versus life sucking versus life bearing. So mm -hmm. what, where does Jesus want to bear new life in me, especially as women? Like, where does Jesus want to come and, and, and bring the Holy Spirit to bring life in my soul? Mm. And I think where it's interesting, like I've really been thinking the older I get and the more I journey with the Lord, like I love the big moves of God, like you were talking about, and a lot of them are Pentecostal moves of God because I just love the Holy Spirit and who He is. But as I get older, and the, I think there's also a just the Lord is deepening my faith, and especially with my relationship with Mary, which has come on strong in the last probably year and a half, two years, which I did not, I always had a devotion to her, but I wouldn't have really called it a tangible devotion to Mary. She seemed very unrealistic to me or like unattainable, like a real relationship with like her. And we've talked about this before in our Marian series over at Advent, but realizing what does it mean for her to be spouse of the Holy Spirit, that oh. she gave mm -hmm. full permission for the Holy Spirit to overshadow her, that she gave full permission. Mm -hmm. And that is what I've really been praying about the last couple of weeks really the last couple of months is where are the areas that I have not given the Holy Spirit permission to come into my life? And then how do I even identify them? How do I identify them? Because where are the areas that feel dormant mm -hmm. or not awake? Where are the areas that don't feel alive in my life? People use the quote all the time, the glory of God is man fully alive, St. Arianus. Okay. What does it really practically look like in our own lives? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I almost have to have a vision of what, like I've started journaling. What does it look like in this season where I've taken time back to be really just rest more and introspective. And like we talked about in the play episode, okay, play is an area that I'm relearning. That's an area that was dormant. I need to allow, even inviting the Holy Spirit into that area, make me childlike, not childish in this area, but teach me, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to play. You know, the Holy Spirit is a teacher. So what does it look like to have a mindset where, like you were saying, sisters, is Marian, like where mm -hmm. you are receptive to the Holy Spirit, where you give him full permission, where are the areas that I have not made room for him of my life and identify those, which on our part takes a moment to take a step back and be introspective. Like Heather said, not stay in that introspection, but be introspective and be observers and students of ourselves. Learn that self-awareness. Allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate those areas in our own lives. Say, okay, I love in Song of Songs where it says, awaken the wind, you know, awaken east wind, north mm -hmm. wind, come forth, and, you know, mm -hmm. and awaken the bride. That is what he is doing to each and every one of us personally. But it also takes our participation to identify those areas so the Holy Spirit has an invitation to come. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, another part of when I think about what is the the ingredients of revival, obviously the humility, docility, we've been talking about those. But if we look biblically, there was a death that occurred. We're talking about the resurrection power. You know, yes. what comes first before that is a death. There has to be a breaking, like a deep breaking Amen. within. And, and I can speak personally, you know, the moments that I've experienced, like 
overwhelming moves of the Holy Spirit. Prior to that, there was a deep breaking yeah, or right. a dying within mm-hmm. me. Like, like, and, and we want to avoid that. And I think that that's a lot of the issue that's happening with, with the lack of this revival experience, movements of the Holy Spirit, like things really being healed and transformed is that we want to avoid the dying part. Like we don't want to yeah. do that, but you can't experience the resurrection without the dying. Like we know that logically, and and it has to move out of our heads of these like ideas into our hearts. Like this mm-hmm. has to be lived within us. We can't just know about it. Mm-hmm. Can't just go, oh yeah, you gotta die to rise. Like, no, you actually have to die to rise. Like there has to be these places where you're willing to go all the way. And we've talked about this before, you know, sister, you you've said so many times, which we're all in agreement about. The only way is through mm-hmm. the cross. You have to go there. You can't go around it. You can't go above it, below it. Like you have to go right to it. Mm-hmm. You have to get on that cross and you have to be willing to die. And and when we look at the life of Jesus, it was after his resurrection that the Holy Spirit came. Mm-hmm. And they all had experienced a breaking. They all had experienced so like deep sorrow and tragedy. And the Holy Spirit came like fire and wind and set them on a totally new path. And you know, in the midst of things being difficult this year and many other things, counseling things and deep healings and breakings and dying within my own heart, like the spirit is moving very powerfully right now. Like I'm dreaming again. There's things that are like whirling around, like in an ordered Holy Spirit fashion within my heart. And I know it's only because of the poverty and the dying that has happened in the last year. So I think that revival and hope are closely tied to each other. Hope Mm. that even when we're in the midst of something breaking and dying, that there is something really good on the other end and not Mm. just good, but change and power is on the other end of that. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a whole podcast on that, on hope, Mm -hmm. uh, on the right to hope. And that's so true that it's, you know, it's, it's linked to it because that's, that's eternal, you know, hope springs Mm -hmm. eternal in that, that reality. And I think, Heather, part of what you're saying, and you think about the disciples and you think about what they went through and then that breaking of literally watching Christ die and then all that's unresolved from that. And then Jesus coming over and over and over again. And we see the repentance of Peter. You see the Mm -hmm. repentance where he brings him to the charcoal fire, right? To the very place of his deepest shame. Mm -hmm. Jesus brings him back to a charcoal fire, not to shame him, but to bring him into communion there, to heal him. And, And I would imagine that all the disciples probably had their personal repentance and reconciliation with Christ. And it's, it's really true. The places in our life where, you know, to repent, you know, to turn is to turn, to turn the other way. Like where, where we've been going away, we've been going to Emmaus and the Lord comes mm-hmm. and encounters us and it's time to go to Jerusalem with the Lord. And so I, I know my own journey, it's not until I'm really finally willing to admit things in my life <laughs> and, and say, okay, wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's some pretty, uh, erring ways there, or that's really sinful. Or like I mentioned to you, I think, I think in the last, one of the last podcasts that the Lord convicted me of where I was judging somebody, I was doing the same thing in a different mm-hmm. way to somebody else. And I was, that, that itself has unfolded in the last couple of weeks of seeing how deep that goes. And I just was like, oh my gosh, Lord. And just crying, like seeing the brokenness in my own story and the immaturity. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. And it's not until we open those tender, vulnerable places that are often filled with shame and allow the Lord to come and encounter us that we experience the renewal of revival. It, like you're saying, it's, it doesn't happen just in a vacuum. It, it's the cooperation with grace that allows that transformation to take place. Hmm. And I think when we allow that co- 
cooperation with grace to take place, we show up differently. It's a conversation we've had a couple of times, like how do we need to show up differently to relationships that we have? Because something is not working. And okay, and like I've told Sister B before, like, okay, I'm the common denominator, like Mm -hmm. in a couple of these relationships. Mm -hmm. So I can just blame other people, but you're like, oh, I'm the common denominator and all these things. Mm -hmm. So how do I show up differently? And how do I learn how to love differently? Or how, you know, for me, it's a lot of enabling tendencies. I'm a caretaker just because of my story, but this is not serving them or me in any way, shape or form. And like it plays out in different relationships and different things. But I think so, like even in my mothering, like there's just been a big shift as I look at parts of my story and have taken time just to step back and like Heather said, do a lot of the breaking, do a lot of allowing the Holy Spirit just to put to death some things that need to be put like old story narratives that just don't work in this new season of life. Like they have to be put to death and I have to really learn how to show up differently with the power of the Holy Spirit. I was telling a girlfriend of mine that I was like, I've probably never prayed more in the spirit than I have in the last couple of weeks, like mm-hmm. in years, just especially with a certain child that I have. And we just had an incident with him um, a couple of nights ago. And it was one of those incidents that could have blindsided me earlier mm-hmm. where it just taken me down for the count. But I really invited the Holy Spirit. I was like, I just need you in this. Mm-hmm. And I was walking up the stairs to talk to him. And all of a sudden, like I heard him, I just like swirling. You cannot shame or belittle someone into freedom. You cannot mm-hmm. shame or belittle someone into freedom. Amen, and I was like, girl. Yeah. And I was like, I have to show up differently because mm-hmm. I wanted to go up there and be all nails. What? Like, what the heck are you thinking? You know what I mean? And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, mm-hmm. I cannot. And so I just came under this posture of a place where he could rest and just came of a posture of where I could show up for him differently. And the way that this played out was completely different than any other time with this child, where usually it's like head to head. And instead, I was a soft place for him to land. Now, don't get me wrong. There will be consequences for the actions that have (laughs) happened. But I wanted it where there was, it was like a no shame zone. Like it was a no shame zone in this house. It was a place for him to come. And I even asked him, I said, the question, I said, well, what do you think about this? He's like, um, I said, do you want to talk to this person about this? And he's like, no, we can't say that, you know, out loud. I was like, okay, buddy. Yeah, we can. Because I said, mm-hmm. secrets bring shame. And so I was like, we can't give it power. And just watching how that reframed his mind, mm. you know, and like that this is like, okay, this is a different way of living for me and for him both. And just coming under the power of the Holy Spirit to say, okay, how do we show up differently? How do we live differently? How are you transforming me to glory to glory? Like, I need more of you. Yeah. And I think we still go back, like, I think where it is a Marian approach, like I've been Mm -hmm. praying about this and I've said this before on the podcast, like, I love that Mary was with him in the upper room at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And I was in adoration last week and I was praying and I just had spiritual direction and counseling and all these fun things. And they're like, okay, like I've been in this like fallow season for three and a half months now. I was like, okay, we're going to start coming out of this. And they're both like, no, we're just beginning. I'm like, what? And they're like, basically like we've taken down really basically the last load bearing wall. And now we're at the foundation. And I was in adoration. I was just aggravated. I was aggravated and frustrated. I'm like, Lord, how long is this going to take is my question. Like how long, oh, and what Lord, does how this, long? Pr- how long, how long? And practically what does this look like for me to be rebuilt? Like, come mm-hmm. on. And it was just, like I was praying and I just came into my head like, okay, grace builds upon nature. And I was thinking about that at St. Thomas Aquinas, grace builds upon nature. I'm like, great, grace builds upon nature. And it was just like, I felt like that prompting the Holy Spirit. Who is full of grace? Mary. Mm-hmm. 
She will teach you. And there is this beautiful print that I came across the next day in the Greek Orthodox Church during Pentecost where Mary is sitting in the teacher's seat. Mm. And I just love that. Like, so may she be our teacher to respond to the Holy Spirit, to be fully possessed, to be fully overshadowed, to be fully consumed by the Holy Spirit. So our lives bear fruit of receptivity and fruit of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think another aspect to to remember is the communal aspect. Like, you know, yeah. even even when we're talking about going within, it doesn't mean that you have to do that alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like we were just talking before we started recording about some beautiful moments with people that we know where people have have participated in the healing and the restoration of their hearts. And, you know, I was just tearing up, Michelle, when you were talking, because I I was just thinking, you know, for me, I've had to go through so many things alone, especially Mm -hmm. we've been locked down this whole year. There really hasn't been people around, like the lack of community to journey with alongside. But it just, the reason why I was was crying, I was tearing up when you were talking, because I was like, this is what it should be. How beautiful. And I'm so grateful that that person Mm -hmm. had that, because this is what, it wasn't jealousy at all. It was like Mm -hmm. a Oh, that's so beautiful that they had that because I know the pain of not having it. Mm -hmm. And this is what it's meant to be like, Mm -hmm. that we're not supposed to go into the breaking. Like, of course, there's only places that you can go with the Lord, like on your own. But but to even have like the conversations where you can be hope for one another when you're not able to hold it yourself, where Mm -hmm. you can look at another person who's in the resurrection season and you're in the dying season or for someone who's, you know, come out on the other side and, and to be reminded. Hey, you know, I got to stay in this. Like, this is an ongoing thing that I'm going to have to eventually step into another place, like another layer of my own healing. So I think the communal aspect, knowing that they were all together in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came, they weren't on their own. And although, yes, there's individual experience of this, I think the community plays a huge role and that we should be communally praying for this to come in our lives, for it to happen in our parishes, for it to happen in our dioceses and in our, our families and our communities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's something that I'm I'm taking from this conversation is just the reminder of how can I do this, even in the midst of things being weird, like mm. to, to, um, to participate with other people in this. Mm-hmm. It truly is a both and. It truly is a both and, and, and it's all important and it, it all goes into, like we're talking about the transformation. So, yeah. So I wonder, dear listeners, you know, where in your life, you know, if we spent some time this week praying about places of revival and repentance and renewal, where is the Holy Spirit leading you? Because, I mean, Mary didn't choose that on her own. She was receptive. So, and I think I really believe all of us, you know, have a place in our heart where the Lord wants to maybe highlight a certain place in our life, or maybe it's a relationship, or maybe it's you know, what is that for us, especially as we go into the summer season? And we, if we looked at that, like we did last summer, like as a block of time, like what, what, what is the part of your heart, even if it's one place that the Lord wants to bring revival to, you know, and, and to allow the Lord to come into that place and, and speak deeply and see where, where do we need to repent? Where do we need community life? Where do we need to go with the Lord in these places? Where do, and, and so allow, to allow him to do that. So our lives are being continually transformed and, and, and we're ever bearing trees, we're ever green. You know, we're ever bearing, we're part, you know, we're always living the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ every day in our life. And so to allow that to continue, I think, is the good news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the good mm-hmm. news. And I think to just like move past talking about it and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful opportunity in the world where we are. We've all been through a breaking. And I yes. think God will not leave us there. He will not leave us in this place of desolation and in the breaking. Like it's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move in new ways because there's space. 
And the question is, are we going to make the space for the Holy Spirit to move? You know? Amen. 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 That's some good, that's some good food for thought right there. So, um, speaking of good food for thought, uh, should we talk about our one things, Michelle? So mine is our good friend, Father Mark Mary Ames, who I've been able to see for a little while. One, he was my son, Sam's confirmation sponsor, and he was a really great confirmation sponsor. So I'm thankful for that. It's his book, Habits for Holiness, Small Steps for Making Big Spiritual Progress. It's really good. Okay. Y'all don't tell him I said that, but it is really good. His book. I was really impressed with what a writer he Mm. is. And the other one, this is just like a CFR one thing is um, this beautiful, gorgeous coffee table book called A Work of God, Images of Renewal, from the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And it is stunning. The pictures, it is a beautiful book of the history of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Like, I have it literally on my coffee table, and everybody picks it up that comes in. They're like, oh, my gosh, it is just stunning. That is gorgeous. I want that Oh, it is. The pictures are beautiful. It is just absolutely amazing. Hey, CFRs, I want that book. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Father Mark Mary. (laughs) Yeah. Open the borders. Open the borders. Okay. (laughs) I know. I know. We need target people. That's really what we're talking about. That's like the promised land for Michelle. Also the CFRs book. (laughs) That too. Uh, We digress though. Heather Kim, what's your one one thing for the week? My one thing is in less than two weeks, my sweet girl Maria is coming home from college. Yay! And I can't yeah. wait to have her home for I the summer. Missed her. So fun. Yeah, I'm so excited to have her here and goof off and hang out and drink coffee and all those things. So I can't wait for her to come home. Yeah, it's been an amazing semester. I'm so grateful for all the staff at Franciscan and just the environment that they created for these young people to thrive in the midst of this time where so much could have been lost. I'm just so, so grateful. And they've had an amazing semester. So looking forward to having that girl home. Oh, I'm so how about reunited you? and it feels so good. So good. I know. Reunited. Sister, how about you? Have we sang twice on this episode anyway? You've been right. singing. You've you twice. singing twice. The lot. oldies. Come on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, am I stuck in the dentist office waiting like for the, the best of 70s, 90s or whatever today? All right. Anyway, my uh, one thing for the week is a recipe. And Ooh. I love summer. I love summer food. I love all I love to eat. Okay. But my friend of mine has been making the, her version of um, healthy granola. Because you know when you get granola in the grocery store, sometimes it's really sweet. And yeah. so this is old-fashioned rolled oats. It's some chia seed. It's a little salt, cinnamon, coconut oil, maple syrup if you want, some vanilla extract, and then if you want some dried fruit also, and you bake it, <gasps> and then you let it sit. And I'm telling you, she puts pecans in ours. And so like, it's so good because it's just a hint of sweet, and you can taste the honey and the cinnamon, and you just have a tiny bowl at night. Like, you know, it's really hot mm. outside. There's something about, like, I don't know, like, just a small bowl of cereal at night, especially in the summer when you don't really want to eat, like, a big heavy meal. So I just thought I would give that recipe to y'all for healthy, make it, do it yourself, oh, healthy granola. Fun. So it's a fun, like, snack awesome. or meal, whatever. Whatever, because it's personally leading me to revival, as you can tell, because I'm singing. So <laughs> that's really the secret sauce of this Food whole. for the journey. Food for the journey, yeah, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us, dear friends. We pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to you this week and just comes into your heart and brings you to himself and brings you to revival in your own heart and with your community as well. So thank you so much for joining us. We're very grateful for you. We just want to say thank you so much for all the ways that you've been a blessing to us this last season. So we wouldn't be who we are without you. So we're so grateful. And we wish you a very blessed week. So until next Next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? 
we encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.